listening to the Embassy Church Podcast. And here is today's message. Speaking of gold, (laughs) we're going to talk about um, money this morning, but specifically we're going to talk about the spirit of mammon. It is a spirit. So I'm going to read some scripture and we're just going to get hit between the eyes this morning. Are you ready for it? Right on. All right. Luke 16, verse 1, you can read along. I'm going to read the whole thing, and then we're going to break it up. Now Jesus was also saying, verse 1, Now Jesus was also saying to the disciples, There was a certain rich man who had a manager of his estate. And accusation against the man were brought to him, that this man was squandering his master's possessions. So he called to him, and he said to him, What is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management of my affairs, for you can no longer be my manager. The manager of this estate said to himself, what will I do since my master is taking the management away from me? He's going to lose his job, basically. He says, I'm not strong enough to dig for a living. I am ashamed to beg. So he says, I know what I will do. So that when I am removed from the management, people who are not who are my master's debtors will welcome me into their homes so he summoned his master's debtors one by one and he said to the first how much do you owe my master he said a hundred measures of olive oil so he said to him take your bill and sit down and quickly write 50 then he said to another how much do you owe my master and he said a hundred measures of wheat then he said to him take your bill and write 80 And his master commended the unjust manager, not for his misdeeds, but because he had acted shrewdly by preparing for his future unemployment. For the sons of this age, the non-believers, are shrewder in relation to their own kind, that is, to the ways of the secular world. Then are the sons of light, the believers. And I tell you, learn from this, make friends for yourself, for eternity, by means of the wealth of the unrighteous, the wealth of unrighteousness, excuse me. That is, use material resources as a way to further the work of God, so that when it runs out, they will welcome you into eternal dwellings. Then verse 10 says, he who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. And he who is dishonest in a very little thing is also dishonest in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the use of earthly wealth, who will entrust the true riches to you? And if you have not been faithful in the use of earthly wealth, which belongs to another, whether God or man, and of which you are a trustee, then who will give you, then who will give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will stand devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon. That is your earthly possessions or anything else you trust in, rely on instead of God. Now the Pharisees, who were lovers of money, were listening to all these things and were sneering and ridiculing him. This is the Pharisees that was religious. That's why religion doesn't like you to talk about money in church. 
So they were lovers of money. They were listening to all the things and were sneering and ridiculing him. And so he said to him, you are the ones who declare yourself just and upright in the sight of men, but God knows your hearts, your thoughts, your desires, and your secrets. For that which is highly esteemed among men is detestable in the sight of God. Father, I just thank you that as we go about this message today, that there are things that are exposed in our life, in our heart, that are not of you. But Father, that you are always endeavoring for us to walk in truth and righteousness and Father, to follow the path that you have set for us. And so Father, I just thank you that you are working in our hearts today, exposing things and bringing freedom and bringing healing to parts of our life. I thank you for the spirit of truth. I thank you for the spirit of revelation, that our eyes are open to it, to see. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are ministering to each one of us today in Jesus' name. Amen. So the verse says, you cannot serve God and mammon. You can't serve both. Mammon is an Aramaic word that means riches. It means riches. So not necessarily, some versions of the Bible will translate mammon as money. It has to do with money, but it is much more than money. It's deeper than just money, but it is present where money is. It is the love of money, and it is a spirit. It is spiritual. In Syria, it was a god that the people worshipped. That's, they worshipped mammon. And it came from Babylon. And a lot of us, maybe not a lot of us, but we remember Babylon was where they built a tower. They all came together and they built a tower saying, well, we can reach heaven on our own. We can do it on our own. We don't need God. We can do this on our own. And that is what the spirit of mammon is. I can do this on my own. The spirit of mammon says that we don't need God to have riches. We can get them on our own. It believes that you can get it without God and it is a prideful and an arrogant spirit. Mammon looks to riches and money other than God. And I'll give some context to that in a moment. But this is something you need to remember as we move on. Mammon promises everything that only God can deliver. It promises everything that only God can deliver. So you would say things like, we can make it if we have money. Life would be better if I had money. I wouldn't have these problems if I had money. It promises your identity. It promises you status. It promises you security. It promises you happiness. It promises you love. We think about that. It promises you status. That if I have these things, then I will have status. If I have these things, it promises you influence that I will have influence into certain groups. I will be happy. We wouldn't have problems if we didn't have money issues. I would then be happy. 
and it promises you things and it might for a time it might actually fulfill that need you you might have influence if you have money you you might be happy for a time when you have money but here's the thing when the spirit of mammon is behind it what happens is is you may have status and you might have influence in that moment but you will be in that place terrified that you're going to lose it because it was the spirit of mammon that gave it to you and so you'll constantly be chasing this thing or terrified of losing that place because it wasn't given to you in the right, in the right perspective. When God, gives you, when God gives you influence into something, that was God and you know it was God. And you walk in there like, yeah, God gave it to me. But when the spirit, when the spirit of Mount, there's a, there's a striving that comes behind it and a fear that grasps it. Mammon will make you think that you are on top of the world, but then once it's used you, it will leave and cause you to chase after it more. I was thinking of a scenario of, you know, maybe, maybe I'm the only one that's been in this position, but you know when you've got a lot of debt, you got a lot of debt and you're stressing about the debt, and then you get like, I don't know, a bank loaner or a uh, inheritance or I don't know okay you get something and it pays all your debt off and you were like oh, I'm finally we've, I'm happy and we're you know life is better life is so great now right and you're like we, we made it but then because you're operating in the spirit of mammon you start to buy and accumulate all the things and you put yourself back into that place of debt and then you begin to chase the same type of thing. Mammon will always leave you. It is a unfaithful spirit. God is faithful, always. You can't take it away from him. He doesn't change. He's always faithful. Mammon is always unfaithful. And everyone has been involved or influenced by mammon at some point in time, or you are right now, and we will look into that in a few minutes. Talk about the prosperity message for a second. And the prosperity message in the 80s and 90s, it was something that was heavily, you, you heard about it lots. And, and there were some truths to it, and I'm not, I'm not knocking anyone that preached it, not anything like that. This is something for us to look into our own hearts and lives, okay? The problem with what we call the prosperity message is behind it was this thing that said, once I receive and once I get it and I get all the things, my happiness will be filled. Life will be great. And, and if you were honest with yourself, you can think back to those times of prosperity and you, you saw yourself as with no problems. That you almost were removed from God, I didn't really, won't really need him, or I'll be able to worship him more because all of my things will be taken care of. Whatever it was, with the prosperity message, is it had this, this giving and getting behind it, and mammon was behind that. The thing with the prosperity message was that your faith was in the money. Your faith was in the money. That, that was, it, it, it was an idea of a wonderful life and your faith was in that. And what happened is when we grasped it is that 
we were believing for something. I'm trying to explain what's in my heart, but we were believing for something that was mammon behind it, that it would fulfill of our needs. But when it didn't come through, when it didn't happen, when it didn't work like we thought it was supposed to work, we became mad at God. Some people even walked away from the faith because of it. And do you know why they walked away from the faith? Do you know why we became mad at God? What does the Bible say? You cannot serve God and mammon. Either you will love the one and hate the other or despise the one and be loyal to the other. So when things started to go wrong, God. Spirit of mammon. You have been under the influence of the spirit of mammon if you've said things like this. I either need God to come through or someone to give me money. Or we've had that thought process. I, I need God to come through or someone needs to give me some, some money and, 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 and that'll solve my problems. Or we've done we've done this, you have told somebody your issues, and I'm not talking about just being like, hey, if you believe God with me, I'm just really going through it right now. Not like that. I'm talking about where you have told somebody your issues and, and turned your conversation in such a way that hopefully that person will be the one that supplies your needs rather than God. The spirit of mammon. Money is not the answer to your problems. God is. God is. Okay. Money, we talked about this last week. Money is not evil. Money is not evil. Money money is great. In in 1 Timothy 6:10 it says for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. So it's saying, for the love of money, what is that? This is the spirit of mammon. That thing that drives you. He says, that is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the faith. What happened there? You can't serve God and mammon. Either you love one or you hate the other. You despise one or you're loyal to the other. You can't, you can't serve both. So they've wandered away and, they says, and then they got themselves into all kinds of trouble. I think of the prodigal son. The prodigal son went after his inheritance. But guys, he, he already had it all. He had it all, but he went after something else. He went after his wealth and he squandered it all. And what happens? He ended up in all kinds of trouble. Thank God that God is faithful. Thank God that God is faithful. So mammon is the spirit that rests on money. But not all the time. So in your bank account, or here with you right now, there would be a spirit that's attached to money. It could be mammon, or it could be the spirit of God. It just depends on what, what, what spirit is behind it. Are you, are you submitted to God, 
Or is it something that's driving you? Signs and symptoms of mammon. So we're going to list a whole bunch of them here. And if you find one that's relative to you, I know that I did. So, so this is where we're going to hit ourselves between the eyes. Worry or anxiety over money. You think about it, you worry about it, it gives you anxiety, you get stressed about it, the spirit of mammon. Money management consumes you. You, you, maybe you manage money well. And again, let's not take this in the ditch or anything like that. You should manage your money. You should be a good steward of your money. That's a good thing. But if it consumes you, so you are, you're, you're constantly thinking about it. You're constantly thinking about my money, how to manage my money, where's my money at, all of those things, and it consumes you. It's the spirit of mammon. Consistent financial lack. In the days ahead, we're going to talk about poverty, the spirit of poverty. And some of these will intermingle because they're connected to each other. They're close to each other. So you have consistent financial lack. You have an I can't afford it mentality. Not, not the type of mentality that says, um, or not, not a mentality, not the saying where it's like, I can't, we shouldn't spend that right now. But it's a constant, I can't afford this all the time. Impulse buying. That, that you, you go and, and, it, and, and you just begin to gather all the stuff wherever you are. You, uh, listen, this is, it's not bad to have things. God wants you to have things. He, 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 he has, there's no, it's not a bad thing to have stuff. It's when the stuff has you. And so impulse buying is something I, I can totally, I get it. God loves to bless me. He, he has no issue with me having clothes or, or, or liking shopping. That's an okay thing. But I have, but you can recognize for me, impulse buying is when I get into a store and I feel like I need to, I need to, I need to get as much as I possibly can. That's the spirit of mammon. Coveting. Luke 12, verse 14, where you have a strong desire to possess something that belongs to someone else. Verse 13, it says, Then one from the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man who made me a judge, man who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take heed. And beware of covetedness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. Covetedness, where you think that your life consists of the abundance of things that you have. God is a God of abundance. He's a God of abundance. See, the enemy twists things just, just a little bit sometimes. So God is a God of abundance. He has no issue with abundance. It's when you think your life consists of the abundance of things. Stinginess and greed. Luke 12, uh, verse 16 says, Then he spoke a parable to them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this, and I will pull down my barns and build a greater and build greater, and there I will store all my crops and my goods. 
And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be, and be merry. And God said to him, you fool. This night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich to God. He says, what, you, you have accumulated all of those things and, and you think that you finally found happiness and you could die tonight. Stinginess, where, where, where you're accumulating, you, 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 you have greed, you just, you need to get more. You, you have a closed hand concept. Another one, discontentment. You are not content with the things that you have. You, you look around and you're unthankful, you're ungrateful. There's a disconnect, discontent in your heart for what God has done for you. You want more. Look at this verse, Hebrews 13. It says, let your character, uh, chapter 13, verse 5, let your character, your moral essence, and your inner nature be free from the love of money. Shun greed. Be financially ethical. Being content with what you have, for he has said, I will never, under any circumstance, desert you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support, nor will I in any degree leave you helpless, nor will I forsake or let you down or relax my hold on you, assuredly not. It says, be free from discontentment. What does it say? It says, be free from the love of money. The love of money. The spirit of mammon. Be free from that. And what did I say before? I said it's an unfaithful spirit. It will leave you. It will not be good to you. It will promise you things that only God can deliver. And then God goes on and says, listen, look at this is who I am. He says, I will never, under any circumstance, desert you. Nor will I give up, nor will I leave you without support, nor will I in any degree leave you helpless, nor will I forsake you or let you down or relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. I won't do those things. I am faithful. You can trust me so you can release yourself from the love of money, the spirit of mammon that is unfaithful to you and recognize that I, I won't leave you. I won't disappoint you either. Number 10, bondage of debts. Where you have debts, you, you have accumulated a, a lot of debt and you are in bondage to it. Number 11, an exaggerated emphasis on money and an overestimation of its true power. You perceived money is the end all and all decisions are centered around this aspect. You perceived that money was the end all and all of your decisions are centered around money. Matthew 19. We know this, um, 19 uh, verse 21. We, we know this story of the rich young ruler. And he comes to Jesus and he's like, Jesus, what can I do to inherit the kingdom? And Jesus says, you know, do all these things. And, and he's like, I've been doing them. I, I do them all perfectly, which as if, I mean, <laughs> I've been perfect, Lord. Oh, okay. Well, then there's just one more thing. 
But he, he says, I've been doing them all perfectly. I've been following the law. I've been doing it. And Jesus says, okay, then there's one last thing you need to do. And he tells him to sell it all. Sell it all and follow me. Let's look at it. It says, Jesus answered him, if you wish to be perfect, that is, have the spiritual maturity that accompanies godly character with no moral or ethical deficiencies, go and sell what you have and give the money to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. And then he says, and come, follow me. Become my disciple, believing and trusting in me and walking the same path of life that I walk. But look at this. But when the young man heard this, he left grieving and distressed, for he owned much property and had many possessions, which he treasured more than his relationship with God. And then Jesus said to the disciples, I assure you, and most solemnly say to you, it is difficult for a rich man who clings to possessions and status as security. What is that? Spirit of mammon. It's difficult for him to enter the kingdom of heaven. You see in this story that Jesus is actually calling him into his purpose, into his destiny. He says, hey, come follow me. Come. You sell your possessions, follow me. He's calling him into purpose. He's calling him into destiny. It says he's sad because he had so much. And so he left. And so my point 11 where it says all decisions are centered around money. That, that we place such a high priority on it that when God shows up and says, hey, you ready? Let's go. That we filter everything through my money. A, a fear of lack. Number 12 is a fear of lack. There's the parable of the talents where three guys all get money from their master and two have done well with it. They, the master's like, good job, you did awesome. And then there's the one guy. The one guy who doesn't do well with the money. Verse 24, it says, the servant given 1,000 said, master, I know you have high standards and you hate careless ways, that you demand the best and make no allowances for error. That's a wrong perspective of who God is. I was afraid I might disappoint you, so I found a hiding place and I secured your money. Here it is, safe and sound, down to the last cent. And the master was furious. He says, that's a terrible way to live. He goes, it's criminal to live cautiously like that. If you knew I was after the best, why did you do less than the least? There's a, a fear, there's a fear of lack that, that I might never have enough or if I give this or if I follow God and I might not have enough. And that fear of lack is a fear in who God really is. You, it actually shows who you think God is. That he wouldn't provide for you. 
It's a lack of trust in God. Number 13, materialism. It doesn't mean having materials. I said that before. It's not bad to have things. But materialism means that you use materials to try and take the place of God. That you're like, I'm, I'm, I'm depressed today. I'm just feeling depressed, so I'm gonna go buy some things to make, to make me happy. I'm gonna go do some shopping therapy. <laughs> Just a word we hear lots today, shopping therapy. We joke about it. I love to shop, for sure. But when it is taking the place of God, when I'm using it to fulfill something inside of me that only God can fulfill, that's the spirit of mammon, because the spirit of mammon promises you things that only God can deliver. Selfishness. You seek to serve and please only yourself with your finances rather than seeking the good of others. You fear the future. Fear over what will happen in the future, believing that money will help shape your destiny and give you peace. That, that you have a fear of the future and you think that money is going to give you peace. Again, I'm not saying you, you, don't, you don't be a good steward of your money, but it is, I mean, you can identify yourself. Where's your heart at? Where's, what do your thoughts go to? Do you think that that's bringing you peace? Is the fact that you have money in the bank saved for your future right now, is that bringing you peace? This is the spirit of mammon, because only God... Only God can give you peace. Money cannot give you peace. Entitlement is the mindset that one has the right to a certain standard of living. You, you think you have the right to this. You, can, you, should ha you should live this way. You should have these things. You're entitled. Or you think that you should receive handouts from people. Entitlement. It's the spirit of mammon. Almost finished these. Apathetic towards the widow, the poor, the sick, the needy, or the oppressed. You have no heart towards those individuals. And if you do assist in helping them, you do it in a condescending way like they're beneath you. And the last one is anxiety over unmet needs. And I put this one at the end on purpose because I just want to point out one more time that it was unmet needs. It's not necessarily, we're talking about money, but it's not necessarily all involving money. You have Anxiety over unmet needs. Mammon is behind anything that makes you turn to something else to fulfill the need in your life because mammon always seeks to take the place of God to get your attention off of God. Seeks to take the place of God. It is the spirit of the world. 
In 1 John 2.16, it says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it is of the world. It's, it's, it's what we are fed and, and what we look at and what we see in the world today. Um, when, when you're on social media, you see a certain way of life that people live and you think that's happiness. That, that will make me happy because they look happy. You know, which that's a whole other thing, but social media is, is such a lie. You know, when Jarrett and I are having a fight, I don't stop and be like, hold it, Insta story, go. You know, so everyone can see that we are having a fight. You don't do that. You're Insta-storying happy times, right? And so it gives this illusion that those things or that way of life or that car or that girl or that guy or, or whatever, those are the things that will make you, make me happy. And that's the spirit of the world. You see it on TV shows. You see it and we're being fed this and we don't even recognize that we're beginning to think that, hey, it's those things when it's not things at all. You think of Justin Bieber um, came out with a song. I like Justin Bieber. And he came out with a song, I'm So Lonely. That I've had everything and no one's listening. I'm so lonely. He's saying, guys, it doesn't fulfill you. It promises you. It doesn't matter how much money you get or how little you have. You chase after that thing and it promises you that it will fulfill everything. It'll fulfill every need, but it doesn't. I'm still lonely. It's the spirit of mammon. It's the spirit of the world today. And we are called to be a light, not to live in it, not to be a part of it. Okay, I'm going to end with this. We'll go back to the scripture. He who is faithful, verse 10, he who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to you trust in true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant, nobody, not any of us, can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or else you will be loyal to the one and despise the other, but you cannot serve God and mammon. You can't do both. It is very clear, you can't do both. And so I wanna put this scripture in context to what, to what Jesus is saying in this. We have used this scripture and it has not been wrong because there's other parables that talk about it like this. But we have used the scripture as if I'm faithful in little, he'll make me faithful in much. If I'm faithful in the job that I'm doing, he'll promote me. If I'm faithful with, I don't know, I don't know, um, do, doing something little, or if I'm faithful even with just a little bit of money that I have, then he'll give me a lot of money. It, it, it's not a wrong concept. It's, it's in the Bible. Like I said, it's a parable. But in context to what Jesus is saying in this scripture, look at, he's saying, he starts to talk about a 
man who was in charge of a lot of money. Not a little bit, a lot of money. And he was unfaithful with it. And then Jesus goes on to say, if you are faithful with the least, he'll make you faithful in much. With the least. Jesus is referring to money as the least. Whenever in scripture, Jesus is talking about money, he is talking about your trust in God. And so in other words, he's saying, if you can be faithful with money, which is the littlest thing, it's the least of all things to trust God with. Money's the least. He'll make you faithful in much. And Mammon would tell us, oh, money's not the littlest thing. Money's the biggest thing. You should stress about money. You should worry about money. Can you, boy, you really have to work your faith up big to trust God with money. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. If you could trust me with money, that's the littlest thing. It's the little, it's the least. But see, the spirit of the world has told us, oh, keep your money. Don't, don't give your money to the church. Store up, save. You, your future might not be secured. We, we hear all of these things. And we haven't been able to trust God with money because we think it's a big thing. And Jesus is saying, it's not a big thing, guys. I provide. I always provide. And it's this perspective shift of allowing God into our heart, into this place to say, wait a sec. I have placed such a high priority on this. When Jesus is saying, if you can trust me with this, the thing that's the least. I'm going to make you faithful of much. Proverbs 3, verse 5, and I end with this, is trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Last week we talked about it being heart issues. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding and in all of your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. In all of your ways submit to him. And I think sometimes we're like, not my will, your will. I will if you want me to do this, I will do this. But he's saying in all of your ways submit to me. That even in your finances, I want in your finances too, submit to me there. And he goes, and I'll make your path straight. And here's the crazy thing. A lot of us have been trying to make our own path straight. We're trying to figure out our finances. We're going to figure it out. I, I get another loan and I'm going to try to do this. And God says, hey, 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 that's the least. If you'll submit to me, I'm going to make that path straight. But he says, I need you to trust in me with all of your hearts. That thing you've been following, that thing you've been living under, it is not a faithful spirit. It will not be faithful to you. But I will. And you can trust me.
and you can trust me. So Father, I just thank you. I thank you for your revelation. I thank you, Father God, for your word. And Father, I pray over every single one of us here that, Holy Spirit, you've exposed things to us in our own lives and in our own walk. And that you're working right now within our hearts. And Father, you endeavor for your people to be free. To walk in liberty and to not be captive. To not be held captive. And so I declare over every person here, freedom, 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 freedom. And Father, that right now there is a turning in our hearts to say, I will trust in the Lord with all of my heart. And that the world has taught me a lot of understanding and the world has taught me a lot of things. But in this moment, Father, I'm not going to lean to that understanding anymore, but I'm going to acknowledge you and I'm going to look to you and I'm going to submit my ways, every part of them, to you. And I know that you will make straight my path. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. For more information about Embassy Church, visit our website at embassychurch.ca.